welcome to this recording from Crossroad International Church. In today's message, we will learn about the spiritual gifts that God has put in each and every one of us. Regardless if we realize it or not, we are each gifted in different areas, and God wants us to step out and be faithful with what He has given us. As we will discover, we first must recognize what gifts we have. Then we can determine the best times and situations to use them. It is our prayer that God will use this recording to minister to you today and help you discover your own giftings and how to use them effectively. We will now join Pastor Steve and the message already in progress. Turn with me if you would in your Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 12. And I want to read the first eight verses. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt, but to think, or as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Our ministry, let, it, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, or he who exhorts in exhortation, and he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Father, we come to you and we thank you for your word because your word is alive and it's powerful and your word divides between our thoughts and the intents of our heart. And Father, we just thank you for speaking to us by your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Several months ago, the Lord started working this message into my spirit. And as Dell and I were sitting in the Costa Coffee down by the Moven Pick, having our weekly meeting and kind of laying out the services, I felt like today I needed to talk about the spiritual gifts. And then since then, I've been wrestling with God why today this is something the whole church needs to hear, but a lot of our people are already gone. And so I wanted to postpone it till September or October when everybody was here. And the Lord just kind of kept speaking to me and he reminded me, he said, hey, remember what you said a couple of weeks ago that I'm too wise to make a mistake? And I'm too powerful to fail. 
and I love you too much to hurt you. Do you believe what you preached? I said, yes. He said, then trust me. He said, the people that need to hear the message I gave you will be there. And anybody else that needs to hear it, they'll pick it up on the podcast or somehow. But just trust me. You know, I've been doing this long enough that when you preach something, God's going to bring it around to where you have to live it out. Normally, I live it out before I preach it. Sometimes God gives me a message and then he brings situations along to where I have to live it out. So this is one of those times. I mean, I argued and argued. I didn't want to preach this message today because I wanted to save it to where when the church was full. But I really believe the way the Lord spoke to me that this is a message for you guys today on the spiritual gifts. So we want to look, is it, is it a natural talent or is it a spiritual gift? A natural talent is a person is given a natural talent as a result of a combination of genetics and surroundings are because God desired to endow certain people with certain talents. We're talking about genetics. Some people are born with a voice that is good for singing. I was not one of them. I mean, to the point, I see a lot of people raising their hand. To the point, my pastor, when I was in Bible college, used to say, if we ever have a fire and we need to evacuate the building, we'll ask Steve Mills and Doug Madden to come sing. Said it would work better than a fire alarm. So sometimes by genetics, we are, have a talent or a natural talent. And then our surroundings. If you're raised in a musical home, normally you will pick up some musical talent just because of your surrounding. And then in Exodus chapter 31, God gave natural talents to Bezalel, Bezalel because he was wanting the tabernacle to be built. And it seems like this guy had the talent as a metal worker, a jewel crafter. I would say he was a master builder. He was talented as a master builder. I've got some friends that are that way. They're very talented. The husband and their wife built their own home. I could probably build a house, but I don't think you would want to live in it. Our pastor in Louisiana went to the mission field and they had to build their own house and they had to build the tower for their water tank. He was not a builder, wasn't gifted that way, but he did it because he had to. They lived in the house for about a year and then another missionary family moved in and they came back home one day and the water tank was sitting in the living room. 
because the tower was strong enough to hold an empty tank, but not a full tank. So sometimes we have natural talents. But what is a spiritual gift? A spiritual gift is a special divine empowerment bestowed on each believer by the Holy Spirit to accomplish a given ministry God's way according to His grace and discernment to be used within the context of the body of Christ. When we are saved, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts. Many times they are aligned with natural talents, but sometimes they are not. Let me give you a list of the gifts of the Spirit. The first list we already read in Romans 12, 6 through 8, it's the gift of prophecy, the gift of ministry, the gift of teaching, exhortation, giving, leadership, and mercy. And then the second list is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 11. Talks about the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, faith, healings, miracles, prophecy, the discerning of spirits, tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. And then the third, the next list is 1 Corinthians 12, 28. It talks about the gift of apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, healings, helps, and administration. And then the last group is Ephesians 4.11. He says, he gave unto the church gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So those are a list of all of the gifts that God has given to you and I as the body of Christ to do the work of the ministry. Now I want to look real quick at why God gives spiritual gifts to you and I. The first reason is 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. See, God gives us gifts, not for my profit, but for the profit of the entire body of Christ. So God gifts us so that we can then bless someone else. Ephesians 4.12 says, For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That is where it's talking about God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why did he give those gifts to the church? So that they may equip the body of Christ for the work of the ministry. I've said it many times, what I'm doing right now is not ministry. What I'm doing now is equipping you so that when you walk out of those doors, go back home, go to work on Sunday, go to the supermarket, get in a taxi or a bus or whatever, you are then able to do the work of the ministry. 
I learned something. I grew up, as I said, I grew up on a farm. And you know, sheep give birth to other sheep. Shepherds give birth to shepherds. I've never seen a shepherd give birth to a sheep. It's the sheep's job to reproduce more sheep. Well, how many of you know each one of us is a sheep in the flock of God? So it is our job as sheep to give birth to other sheep. That's the work of the ministry. It's our, God, our job as members of the body of Christ to give out the work of God. The next thing, God gives spiritual gifts. 1 Peter 4.10 says, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So I hope what you see from this is that God has these things and has given these gifts so that we can minister to each other. It's not for me. It's not about me. It's about ministering to the body of Christ. I have a picture here I want to show you. And if you notice this statue, Jesus has no hands. This statue is outside of the Christ the King Catholic Church in San Diego, California. And many years ago, vandals broke into the church and they broke the hands off of Jesus. And rather than fixing the statue, the congregation decided to put that plaque at the bottom, which reads, I have no hands but yours. I think it's a pretty awesome representation. A friend of ours, Cameron Bishop, is an artist, and he drew a picture, and I thought I had it on my computer, but I couldn't find it. And he drew a picture of Christ, and if you look at the picture closely, Jesus is standing with his hands out like this, his arms out, and he has no hands. And if you look, Closely at the bottom, he has no feet. And the caption says, we are his hands, we are his feet. God wants to use us to minister to those around us. So God can give us any gift for a specific situation, but normally we have one gift or several gifts that are more prominent than others. People always come up and they'll ask a question of 1 Corinthians 12, 31. It says, earnestly desire the best gift. And so my question is, what is the best gift? Well, I think the best gift is the one that is needed at the moment. If you come find someone or see someone and they, they're out of money, they can't pay their rent, they don't need you to minister to them with the gift of prophecy or the gift of healing. They need the gift of giving and the gift of mercy. 
If you see someone laying on the side of the road that's been hit by a car, they don't need the gift of administration. They need the gift of healing or the gift of miracles, okay? Now, for me, my major gifting is helps. I love to help people. I am not a gift, I don't have the gift of administration. I can do it, and I can do a good job at it, but I don't like it. It's not a gifting, okay? You see what I'm saying? And every one of us have gifts. I remember if you talk to Kath, she will tell you she's not a natural-born teacher, but she taught our kids for, I don't know, what, 12 years or so homeschooling, and then we needed a teacher in the Bible school, so God gave her a gift of teaching outside of a natural talent or a natural ability. And she became one of our favorite teachers in the Bible school. So what gift should we seek after or should we desire? The gift that is needed at that moment when we are ministering to someone. You know, it's not some mystical out there thing. You know, the Bible talks about words of wisdom and words of knowledge and all of these things. That's very simple. I'm talking to you, and you're telling me a problem you have, and I have this thought, and I give it to you, and you go, well, wow, that, yeah, that would help. Well, that wasn't me. That was God giving a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. Now, here's the problem we have many times in the body of Christ is God gives us, uses us at one moment to minister to someone with one of these gifts, and then we say, oh, I am administrator Steve Mills, or oh, I am a, God has given me the gift of prophecy or word of wisdom or whatever. These are things that God gives us to use to minister to the body of Christ. And I want to look at spiritual gifts through Romans chapter 12. Verse 1 says that to operate in these spiritual gifts, it calls for a total dedication of Jesus. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. These verses are all tied together, verse 1 through 8. He's talking in the first three verses what we have to do as individuals for God to be able to use us and give us these spiritual gifts. The second one is a radical separation from the world. Do not be conformed to this world. How many of you know it's very easy to be conformed to this world? If everything we're doing, if all of the people we're hanging with 
are people that are worldly. After a while, we take on the characteristics of the people that we are around. So he says, don't be transformed by this world, but it needs to be an inner transformation. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be prove what is the good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. So the way that we are not transformed to the world is we renew our way of thinking. I don't know about you, but when I got saved, I had some stinking thinking. Wasn't godly at times. But then God, through his word and through prayer, has begun to transform our mind. I remember one young man at our Bible school, he was burned out totally on drugs. And his friend led him to Jesus on a Friday, and they ended up in Bible school on Monday. I mean, he'd been saved for the weekend and they ended up on Bible school. And I remember the first time he got up and shared his testimony, he got up and he said, my name is, uh, my name is, um, oh yeah, cool, my name's Jim. And he says, and I'm from, Ah, uh, I'm from Jonas. Where am I from? <laughs> I mean, he he was so strung out on drugs that his brain was almost gone. But at the end of that year, being every day in the Word of God and in Bible school and in prayer and in chapel and all of those things. By the end of the year, he was able to stand up and preach because God had renewed his mind and had transformed him from the things of the world to the mind of Christ. So we need that inner transformation. And then the third one is humility. Verse three, for I say through the grace given to me, that everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dwelt to each one a measure of faith. And I want to spend the rest of the time talking about that last one, humility. You know, there are a lot of books, self-help books, that you can buy in a bookstore, and especially in Christian bookstores, that talk about how to be helped if you have low self-esteem. And there's a lot of teachings on, you know, people have low self-esteem and, you know, how you need to, to get your self-esteem up. But the Bible says that our problem is, as Christians, most of the time is not low self-esteem. Our problem is high self-esteem. Most of us think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. We make statements like, oh man, you need to pray for me. Satan is coming against me so hard, it's hard for me to stand for God. 
Well, see, that's thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to because it's probably some little demon and Satan doesn't even know who you are. Come on now. <laughs> you know, am I so dangerous to the kingdom of darkness that Satan himself is coming against me? Probably not. I can only find one person in Scripture that Satan, or twice, that Satan himself came and tempted them. One was in the Garden of Eden, and the second one was Jesus in the desert. For you and I, we're probably not that much of a threat to the kingdom of Satan. But we many times think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. I remember one time in Africa, I was preaching and I thought I had waxed eloquent. I mean, one of the best messages I had ever preached that I was feeling so good about myself and my preaching abilities. And as we left the village, I had taken my oldest son, I think he was about 10 at the time, with me. And as we're driving out of the village in the Land Rover, he said, Dad... I don't know what you were trying to say today, but that had to be the worst sermon I have ever heard. <laughs> Amen. See, sometimes we think of ourselves more highly than we ought. Humility. Let me just give you some things that humility has to do with spiritual gifts. Humility will keep us from taking pride in our gift. Humility keeps us from magnifying the spiritual gift that God has given us. And let me give you a, some advice. Our gift does not give us extra value. Because God uses us in a certain situation with a certain gift of the Spirit doesn't mean that now I am higher in God's sight or God is going to give me a better blessing because I was obedient to him. No, our gift does not give us worth. The blood of Jesus is what makes us worthy. His blood gives me the worth. I am worth the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm not, I don't have worth in the sight of God because I'm used in some spiritual gift, but because I was bought with a price. And then there is a temptation to compare my gift with someone else's gift. So each of us have different gifts, but we all have the same responsibility with our gift. And that is to use the gift to minister to the people that God puts before us. That is the only reason the gifts are given is so that we can minister to the body of Christ and those people around us. Humility will also keep us from hiding our gift. Some people hide their gift because they want to get out of using it. 
They don't want to be used by God. They want to be in the background. They don't want anyone to see their giftings. Because see, the Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. So if I understand that God has given me a gift and I don't use it, then I think, well, nothing's required of me. Or, let's say I use it and it doesn't work, then that makes me feel bad or makes me look bad. No. God gives you the gift and God is the one that makes it work, not me. Some people genuinely think they cannot be used. But let me tell you, God does not give insignificant gifts. You may find that your gift is not as public as someone up front. But do not minimize the importance of your gift because if you minimize the importance of the gift God has given you, you are insulting God because he gave it to you. Every gift is important. Have any of you ever heard of Reinhard Bonnke? Okay. An evangelist has traveled all over Africa. In 2006, I had the privilege of doing a crusade with him in Agoja, Nigeria. And one of the things that spoke to me was not so much the crusade, but something I saw Reinhard Bonnke do. We went to the hotel where we were going to stay, and there were not enough rooms in the hotel for everybody to stay. And this was the only hotel in Agoja with air conditioning. So what he did was he went and stayed in a house in the city with no electricity, no air conditioning, so that his technical team could be in the hotel with the air conditioning. Because he says, I am only effective as an evangelist on the platform if my technical team is effective and successful in setting up the PA system, setting up the lighting, setting up the stage. So he says it's more important to me that they are comfortable and they get rest because their gift is just as important as my gift. He said actually it's more important. Because in that meeting, there were over 500,000 people on the field. Without a huge PA system being set up right and people on the soundboard running it right, there's no way he could preach to that many people. Okay? So our gift, whatever it is, is significant. There are families in this church that have told me, Pastor, we are coming to CIC because of the wonderful ministry that our children are receiving. Sorry, Dell, it's not our preaching. <laughs> People have commented, we love the fellowship time after the service. That doesn't just happen. Our hospitality team makes that happen. 
the worship time doesn't just happen. It's because God has gifted people to do that, and they take their time and their effort, and they practice, and they make it happen. And then the last thing is humility will keep us from trying to use gifts we do not have. Some people want to be used in areas they've not been gifted for. That would be me if I forced my way on the worship team. I may think, oh, I'm gifted to sing. The problem is none of you are gifted to listen to me. Remember the story of the young lady that came to the pastor for counseling and she said, Pastor, you need to pray for me. I have this problem. She says, I'm so vain. She says, every time I go by a mirror, I look in the mirror and I think about how beautiful I am and all I can think about is how beautiful I am and how everybody must be looking at me and thinking how beautiful I am. He says, young lady, it's not a problem. It's a mistake. <laughs> See, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. And be willing to be used where God has placed you. Normally, jealousy is the cause of people wanting to have a high-profile gift rather than just being gifted where God has called them. So we need to decide if we are working for the glory of God or we are working for the glory of men. I have heard of people threatening to leave the church because they were not asked to sing on the worship team or to preach. But I've never heard of anybody threatening to leave the church because they were not asked to clean the toilets are to work in the nursery, or help set up all of the equipment before service. See, people want a lot of times their gift to put them in front of others. But I would just as soon be behind the scenes. We're gonna be surprised when we get to heaven and who gets the big rewards. Many times I don't think it's going to be the great TV evangelist. I think it's going to be the little widow lady that faithfully prays for their ministry and out of her retirement sends them a few dollars a month support. See, I believe the behind-the-scenes people are more important than the people that are in the front because it takes the entire body of Christ for us to put on a service. And this is for every believer. In verse three, it says every man. In verse four, it says all members. Verse five, it says we. So if you're reading that scripture, and you say, read the word we, that means you are included. Same in verse 6 and verse 7 
is the word us. No one is excluded from serving God with their gift. The Lord makes it abundantly clear through Scripture that He expects every one of us to do our part. We are all members of the body of Christ. Do you have a member of your body that you don't want? I meant to bring my knife and I left it at home because I was going to help you remove it if you didn't want it. No, it doesn't matter if it's my big toe or my little, they, every part of our body has a function. Every member of the body of Christ has a function. The Bible says that we are nourished by what every member provides. You can trust him. When God gives you something to do, he will give you the gift to do it. And remember, he's too wise to make a mistake. If God has given you a gift of giving, give liberally. If God has given you the gift of administration, then do it. Or whatever gift God has given you, just do it with all of your heart. You can trust him. Because as he told me preparing for this message, remember, He's too wise to make a mistake. God has not made a mistake by gifting you the way that he has. God has not made a mistake by making you the way you are. The Bible says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I would love to be six foot seven. I think that would be so awesome. I always wanted to play basketball, but I was always too little. Well, I can desire, I can pray, I can fast, I can confess all I want to be six foot seven, but I will never be taller than 5'11". So I'm happy with that because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen? Because God's too wise to make a mistake. He's too powerful to fail. When God calls you to do something and gifts you to do it, God's the one that makes it happen. And God loves you too much to hurt you. So God will not put you in a situation that will bring you harm in using his gifts to minister to his people. So I just want to encourage you today that every one of us is gifted. Every one of us has something to do in the body of Christ. So I just want you to pray and ask God to show you where you fit in to the body of Christ. And I love CIC because... Everybody is involved in something that we're doing to make this church happen. Let's pray. 
Father, we come to you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this time. We ask that you would be with us and that you would lead us and guide us and bless us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.